Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. All right, everybody. It is 9 o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this show every Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on X Spaces. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. Hey, we got a big show tonight, a show that I've really been looking forward to. We've got the head baseball coach from North Iowa Area Community College with us. We've got Coach Josh Merrill. Hey, Coach, are you there? Yep, yep, definitely here. Hey, man, I am so glad you're going to be able to join us. This is going to be a fun night. Hey, why don't you kind of kick it off, man? Tell us maybe where did you go to college? What positions did you play? And, man, how'd you get into coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm a Kansas boy, um, so I played at Neosho County Community College. I was blessed to play for a really good team. Uh, there's several big leaguers that are that have played or are still playing from the two teams that I was at um, for Neosho County. I played for a Hall of Fame coach. Um, I was a pitcher. I was blessed to throw pretty hard, and that kind of kept me around the game for a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of joke sometimes I threw hard and didn't always throw strikes, so uh, that was kind of kind of what what you know got me there I, from Neosho County. I went to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, uh, played at the Division One level for a year, and got hurt. Um, and I finished up at a Division Two in Tennessee called King University. Um, so I got to go around and play baseball at some some awesome places uh, with some awesome coaches and teammates. Uh, and then I was lucky enough to get a call uh, from a former teammate about, "Hey man, why don't you come?" Uh, be our pitching coach for this high school team um, and I was kind of hesitant about it didn't really want anything to do with it you know seeing baseball from the world of coaching with a really you know macro lens was was awesome you know just being a part of the game in a different way and being able to help guys get to where they want to get to um, so actually went back and coached at Neosho County Community College for Steve Murray uh, and then uh, took a took a little stint at the University of Southern Indiana uh, which was a Division two institution, and then they moved to the Division one level. Uh, and then I got this this opportunity to be the head coach here at North Iowa Area Community College. So kind of a crazy journey that a lot of steps, a lot of stops with a lot of really awesome people. Um, but uh, ultimately it's all it's all been great, and I'm very blessed to be where I'm at. Absolutely. What a fantastic introduction, man. Thanks for going through all of that. So I have to ask you, I mean you you kind of referenced that you were throwing hard. Give us some, give us some velo here, man. What, what were you throwing? Yeah, so I mean, I, I was a reliever my freshman year, and I was eighty nine, ninety two. I got up to ninety five. Um, you know, if, if Coach Murray was listening to this, he'd probably tune in and say uh, that ninety five. I hit the backstop, but um, it was it was recorded there. So um, on a good day, I was going to be you know ninety ninety two up to ninety three, ninety four. Uh, kind of a two pitch guy, just a fastball slider guy. So. Um, yeah, yeah, like I said, got my arm, got me to some cool places until it kind of gave out on me. No doubt, man. That's absolutely bringing it. That's cool stuff. And then the other thing that you kind of mentioned there about coaching, I think your first instinct, you said you were a little bit hesitant. I mean, why, what was it about that that made you kind of take a pause and and say, maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do? Yeah. You know, so when I got done playing, you know, every year of college baseball, 
I filled out some stuff for, for some professional scouts. And, um, you know, every year it was kind of like, hey, this is the year you're going to get drafted. This is the year you're going to get drafted. And, you know, that was the goal. You know, I was a guy that went to bed at 10 o'clock every night so that I could be ready to be recovered and ready to go. I mean, I put all my eggs in that basket. So when I didn't get drafted, I was a little bit bitter with baseball. Um, you know, I after I got done playing, I kind of would turn the TV off if baseball was on and um, kind of would leave the room if I couldn't turn the, the, the TV off. Um, so when I got that call, it was kind of like, nah, I don't really want to be a part of this game. Like, you know, I was a little bit bitter. Um, but, you know, I'm really glad that I, I – um, accepted it because, you know, I don't think I'd be where I would, I am today without have accepting that high school pitching coach job. Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent, man. I think the game's better off that you did accept it. No question about it. <laughs> I so let me, let me, yeah, absolutely. Coach. So let me ask you something you're about to kick off your second season, man. Tell us a little bit about your first season. How'd things go last year? Yeah. You know, we, uh, you look, you look at the record, and our record wasn't, you know, it doesn't jump off the page, I don't think, to anyone. Um, you know, we finished 24 and 29. Uh, I think what people don't know about that is uh, a lot of my, my coaching colleagues kind of, they texted me when I got the job and when our schedule came out. We went out and we played some of the, the big dogs of junior college baseball. <laughs> when it was all said and done, four, four of our first five weeks were against top 10 junior colleges um, you know, in the national polls. So we, we went out, we played a tough schedule. We wanted to learn, uh, about who we were. We wanted to learn some lessons, you know, and I don't think learning lessons happen when you're winning 25 to zero. I think they happen, um, when, when th bad things happen, you can learn a lot about your team and guys can learn about themselves when they, when there's failure. Um, so, you know, our non-conference, we got beat up a little bit, uh, but we went into our conference and we, we, we played really well. Um, you know, we actually won the first playoff game um, that Nyack has won since 2019, which, you know, with the success that happened in Nyack baseball, a lot of people may not know that, but there was a little bit of a drought of winning a postseason game. So uh, we got that under our belt, and then we kind of just lost a little steam late, uh, played some good teams, and, and kind of got, got beaten some one- or two-run ball games at the end. Man, and I've got to expect for – for you guys, expectations have got to be pretty strong coming into this second year for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I I really like the team that we have. Um, you know, we brought in a lot of young, new faces, but we also have some some older guys that we're expecting a lot from. Some guys that um, are either committed or are are in the process of trying to find their right four year fit. So. Man, that's cool stuff right there, and I love it. So it's uh, so you guys say you call it Nyack. Yeah, so not Nyack. Yeah, Nyack. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, I'll get it right. Uh, hey, last year, man, you had a bunch of guys that were like all region. I think you even had an all American on the team as well. So you know, as you're kind of uh, recruiting and growing your team and so forth, what are what are really the skills and qualities that you're looking for that kind of just stand out? Yeah, you know. For me, um, you know, position player wise, I, I love me a run. Um, you know, so those are things that, that I like to see. Obviously, I'm not just going to filter just a left handed pitcher. And if a guy can't run, then, you know, that's not going to necessarily stop us from recruiting him. You know, I think the big thing is, is, is finding a guy with a, with a skill set that he can go out and do things with. Um, and then on top of that, just finding the right guy. You know, we talk about it with the recruiting process all the time. We want a really good baseball player but more importantly we want a really good person we want a really 
a guy that's going to work really, really hard. Uh, you know, at the high school level, you can be really talented and, and you can be the best guy on the field. At the college level, there's a whole bunch of really best guys on the field. You know, what separates that is how hard you're going to work, um, how hard you're going to want to be pushed. So I think for us, we find guys that, that want to be pushed and want to be, we call it the best version of themselves. We want guys that are not content with where they are, but to be the best version of themselves. Hey, that's good. I can't, that's just really kind of leading into our whole conversation. As I know you're aware, our core audience is really uncommitted high school baseball players and as well as junior college baseball players and some transfer portal guys as well. And they're really looking for an opportunity to stand out and to be noticed. So, man, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. Hey, everyone that has joined us this evening, thank you so much for being here. We absolutely appreciate the support for now D1. And thank you for the support for Coach Josh Merrill as well. Uh, we record this space, so if you got in late, don't worry about it. We're going to be able to retweet it out in its entirety, and you'll be able to hear it. So, you know, let me let me kind of ask you here, Coach. You, obviously, in that great introduction, I mean, you've got a ton of experience as a player, and now you've got a lot of experience as a coach as well. And, and it's been on various levels in collegiate baseball. How do you think that this kind of marrying your, your playing career with your coaching experiences, how has that really kind of developed your philosophy? Yeah, I think it, I think it's been invaluable. You know, I think the the big thing is is I got the chance to play for in my playing career some fantastic coaches, um, some guys that left a mark on me, not only from the X's and O's of baseball, but just just how to be a really good human being, how to be a really good um, empl- a future employee, future father. Um, you know, I think, I think that's a huge part of it. You know, Steve Murray, um, I played for Scott Norwood at the university of Arkansas, Little Rock. I played for, um, Blaine Brown at at King university. Those guys poured into their players. They, I learned a lot about being a future coach, um, from the experience that I had from them being able to, um, you know, talk with those guys on a daily basis and see how they poured into their team. Uh, you know, just on top of that, you know, just teammates that I've been around that, um, we're really good people and, and really good, um, you know, role models. I think all of that kind of kind of goes together um, where you're able to to really draw back on that information and say, yeah, this this is this is who I want to be as a coach. You know, I really appreciated how this guy handled this or this guy didn't handle this. And you can really kind of draw back on that information and and determine who, who do I want to be and how do I want to impact these kids lives. Man, I love that. What a fantastic answer and a, and a fantastic philosophy that you have because, hey, you experienced it. it. It really doesn't matter how talented you are. At some point, somewhere along the line, your baseball career is just going to come to an end. But you're going to have another career that kind of comes after it. And, and you know, whether it's a job or it's a relationship or it's a marriage, I mean, it's the life lessons that you're really being that you're able to learn while you're playing baseball that's really going to make you successful or not successful once your baseball career is kind of behind you. I love the things that you're talking about. I mean, hey, you're in your second year. They're paying you to win baseball games, and I know you know that. And you get it 100%. But also you've really got this um, servant mentality, too, to really kind of help foster along guys to really be productive humans. I think that's fantastic. It's a great philosophy. Hey, let me ask you something. You know, it was really interesting when we were talking about what what do you look for for players that kind of stand out? And you mentioned right off the bat, hey, I love left-handed hitters and guys that can run. That was almost like the first two things you said. 
but you were a pitcher, you know, and your first gig was really as a pitching coach. So let me ask you something. I mean, how, how have you been able to really work with hitters, catchers, you know, all position players and, and just kind of share some of those insights with your coaching methods and strategies? I've mentioned him a couple times, but I don't think I'd be where I am without uh, Steve Murray, who's the head coach at Neosho County Community College. Um, so when I went back to coach for him, I really had only worked with pitchers. I was doing pitching lessons. I was I was a pitching coach. Uh, and so when I got the job, he said, hey, by the way, uh, you're going to learn how to work with hitters and you're going to learn how to work with position players because you're telling me you want to be a head coach. You got to be able to see the game from the other side. Uh, at first, it was like, "Hey, man, I think you may have, may have you know hired the wrong guy." Like, I've only worked with pitchers. Uh, looking back on it, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I got to kind of dive headfirst into, "Here's what I need to do." Um, you know, I went and I, I basically called every really good hitter that I that I had ever been, um, you know, interacted with. Every good hitting coach that I ever. I had a chance to talk with and said, hey, what are the three things that I need to know? What are the three things that I need to do first if I'm going to do this? Um, so I don't know where I would be where I was if I didn't have Coach Murray putting me in that position and didn't have a really good support system of guys in the profession that were, were working with those people that were willing to share what they have. You know, I, I say it all the time. Coaching is, is, is a plagiarism sport. You know, you, no one can say, hey, I, I adopted this and I did this because chances are it came from someone else. So, you know, from, from that standpoint, I had some really good coaches that let me pick their brain and I kind of took what they had and, and ran with it. So let me ask you, as the head coach now, do you kind of gravitate back toward the bullpen or now – is there a different position or the headers or is there something that you really enjoy more? You know, I am blessed. I have probably one of the best pitching coaches in the country. Um, I've known him for, for a very long time. When I got this job, I said, Hey, you're going to come with me. His name is Doug Gove. I said, Doug, you're going to come with me. Um, you're going to go run the pitching staff and I don't have to worry about anything. So to be honest with you, I kind of leave the pitching to Doug because he does such a fantastic job with the guys. Uh, I, I handle a little bit of hitting. I also have a really good hitting coach named Tyler Brown. So my first year, it was really hard uh, because I kind of felt like I wasn't, I wasn't needed. You know, I was like, man, I got some really good assistant coaches. Like what, where, where, where do I need to be? Tyler, Tyler Brown and I, my hitting coach and I, we kind of tag team hitting and I kind of put a lot of the focus on the position players because you know, my pitching coach does such a, a fantastic job developing pitchers and developing, you know, all of the things that go with, with going and being successful on the mound. So surprisingly, no, I, I don't handle much of the pitching. That's good stuff, man. You're just the CEO. I love it. So uh, <laughs> I don't know about so, that, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's true, though. When you have good people, man, it, your job gets easier. Isn't it incredible? I mean, the better you can surround yourself, the better it makes you look. You know what I mean? I mean, that's incredible. That's awesome. Hey, let me ask you, or maybe you can kind of describe to us just a little bit with, again, with our core audience kind of in mind, just kind of walk through the day of a student athlete. You know, what, what does their typical day look like in season? Yeah. In season, you know, we're, we're kind of, kind of trying to get guys ready to go to be a hundred percent every day. Um, so, you know, we are, our practices, we're going to try to identify, you know, if, if we get carved up by a, a right-handed changeup, we're probably going to prioritize, Hey, 
today hitters we're going to see a right-handed change up and we're going to we're going to try our best to to stay you know a little bit more in the zone or or whatever we're going to we're going to identify things in game that we can work on um but it's a lot our conference we play wednesdays we play fridays or we play wednesdays saturdays and sundays so you know our our main point is how can we get our guys to be uh, as close to 100 percent as they can be on game day um keep the wheels turning work on work on some weaknesses and then also make sure that guys can can be in the classroom and can make sure that they are the best student athlete that they can be um, because you're know, we're, miss, we're missing class we're missing things so these guys have to be able to communicate with their instructors and make things up on the fly so you know the spring is a, is a whirlwind it's 56 games that goes by in three months and your first freshman year I mean that thing goes by and you blink an eye and it's, it's graduation time and, and your sophomores are leaving and you're going to summer ball. I mean, it happens really quickly. So it's, it's more than anything, keeping guys healthy, keeping the wheels turning to allow them to go out and do their thing. You know, I say it all the time. Practice time is coaches time. Game time is, um, you know, players time. The spring is a lot of, a lot of game time, a lot of players time. It's, it's our job to identify how we can get guys a little bit better by tweaking some things, but, Hey, go out and do your thing and, and let's go, let's go see where we can, we can go with this today. Good stuff, man. So what's your, uh, what's kind of the ideal roster size for you? Yeah. You know, we, we are right around 40 to 44 guys. Um, you know, some high school guys might be like, Whoa, that's a lot in all reality. You know, half of that roster is pitching. Um, you know, when we're playing Wednesdays, Saturdays and Sundays, um, sometimes our conference even throws in a, a curveball at us and we play a Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we, we have to have some depth on the mound. So from that standpoint, um, you know, we are trying to make sure that we're, we have some depth. You know, I, I make a joke all the time with recruits. They're like, man, that's a lot of guys, you know, and I say half of it's pitching. And then, you know, we want to have some depth from the position player side. If my eight-year-old son's taking reps at shortstop with you, you're going to show up and you're going to say, well, I had this job won. I guess I can just go through the motions. Um, so we want some competition. We want some depth so that guys can, can really compete against each other. And, and that competition breeds guys getting better every day. Um, so we're not, we're not going to over-recruit. We're going to recruit what we need. Um, and, and we're going to allow guys to go out and, and get opportunity because that's what junior college is about, to get better, to get opportunity, and to go move on to your right four-year fit. Absolutely. Hey, again, everyone that's joining us this evening, thank you so much. Again, we absolutely appreciate the support. I mentioned earlier that we record this space so that we can retweet it out. We also record it because we turn it into a podcast. And that, po that podcast is now D1 Speaks. And it is on every platform out there from, you know, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, it's out there. And it's actually gotten quite popular. And I think one of the reasons it's gotten popular is exactly what Coach Merrill is really talking about and, and it's, it's finding the right fit that's both athletic and a good person as well I mean you got to have the academics you got to be strong in the classroom but you also got to be just a strong teammate a good human you got to you know you got to treat people the right way and then you, you need to be a good ball player and I think we've been able to kind of fit that role we've we've had some exceptionally good young men come on that have been ha had an opportunity to really kind of shine and to be heard and have a chance to really kind of move on to the next level. And then we've been blessed enough to have coaches come on as well and really just kind of share philosophies. And, and that is invaluable to uncommitted prospects and their families. This is the kind of information they want to, they want to be able to hear. So I'll say all that. If you're interested in, in hearing more and knowing more about it, 
man, I certainly would appreciate it if you go out and find us. Again, it's now D1 Speaks. Hey, uh, Coach, let, let me ask you about finding good players. You know, what is it that, one, when you're recruiting, and what specifically maybe are you looking for from an athletic standpoint that's going to really help that student athlete be successful, you know, at the next level and, and really thrive? Yeah. A lot of the time when we go out to the field to recruit, uh, we kind of have a list already put in place of guys that, you know, we've seen video of, we've talked to their coaching staff. Um, you know, some of those metrics, I mean, for me, you know, like I said, I like guys that can run, you know, we want to see guys. I'm, I'm a big guy. If you're going to hit a single, I'm, I'd love for you to be able to steal a bag. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, we're looking for guys that can run. We're looking for, you know, athletes. I, I don't recruit by positions. I recruit by, all right, here's an athlete. Um, this guy can go play six different positions on the field, um, you know, so that that kid that's the quarterback, the point guard, and the shortstop, you know, that's a kid that, that really, you know, takes my eye and says, yeah, that's a guy that, that's going to be able to go do the things that we want him to do. Um, once we get to the field, you know, I think a lot of coaches would, would back up this statement. I'm looking for intangibles. You know, I want to see – I already know the guy can play – there's times where I want to see that guy fail. Um, when he strikes out, is he going to go back to the dugout and take his bat and hit the water cooler David Ortiz style? Well, that's probably not a guy that's going to excel in my program because um, we want our guys to be pretty even keeled. No, we don't want guys to, to want to fail, but failure is going to happen. How are you going to handle that failure? Um, a guy pops straight up to the, to the pitcher is he the guy that's going to do a 10-second home to first, or is he going to guy that's going to showcase and, hey, I'm going to get down the line because I don't know who's watching? Um, those are things for me that that's kids that come here or don't come here um, because at the end of the day, our job is to teach kids how to fail um, so that when, when failure happens, it's not, hey, let me go through World War III um, and, and go throw my equipment and go cuss out my mom. It's hey, you know what, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to understand that my next at bat is the most important. The, the at bat that just happens over or the air that just happened or the home run that you gave up. There's so many different things. The kids that have success in our program are the ones that can flush failure and can handle success. Um, that, that, those are the intangibles that we look at when we go to the field. Well, Coach Merrill, how do you, where have you been the most successful in finding these types of athletes? And by that, I mean, for recruiting, do you generally do? Do you guys have a camp and players come to the, on campus, or have you been more successful going out and watching guys play, or do you really have maybe some trusted scouts that man you can pick up a phone, or they could pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, let me tell you about somebody. What what works best for you so far? You know, I think it's a combination of of all of that. Uh, we we do some camps, you know, so we actually just got done running a a fall league. There was a hundred and 12 kids from all over Iowa, Minnesota um, that, that came. It was every Sunday for five weeks. They came and they played, um, you know, so that was where we were able to see some guys there. Um, there's some really cool facilities that are pretty close to us. There's one in Des Moines. There's one in Marion um, where they host tournaments of 70, 80, 100 kids. That, that's kind of a, a big stomping ground for us because it's so close and we can see kids from kind of all over our region. Uh, but, yeah, the other thing is just creating connections. Um, hey, I'm going to pick up the phone. Hey, coach, what do you have this year uh, in the 24 class? Uh, you know, we've had success with guys before with you that have come in and had success. So, you know, what do you have that, for us this year? 
Um, so I think for, for us, it's a lot of connections. You know, we don't have the ability to jump on a plane and go to Maryland to watch it, watch a kid. Um, you know, so we're recruiting more in a six state region. And, and that, that's kind of how that works is, is connections going to those showcase type tournaments um, and then hosting some stuff on our campus and getting some, creating a buzz with kids. Absolutely. It's a great approach. Thank you so much. And then you've kind of got it on both sides though. You know, I'm thinking, Hey, you're kind of a recruiting freshman to come in and maybe you're hitting some of the transfer portal as well. And, but at the same time, Hey man, you've got guys that are leaving the program and I know you're, you've got to be invested in that as well, helping them to have the opportunity to move along because one, Hey, it's the right thing to do certainly. And, uh, but two, it's going to help your program as well. How, how do you navigate all of that plus coaching <laughs> and practice? Yeah. It just seems like it would just take up a lot of time. Oh, absolutely. You know, I hitting on the recruiting side of things, you know, if we are a program that's a dead end for guys' careers, um, no one's going to want to come to us. So, yeah, in the four-year recruiting side, uh, I mean, it, it's huge. Uh, as I'm not a guy that's shy talking. I'm not a, sh- a guy that's shy with communicating. So, Creating networks with those four-year schools is pretty easy. Um, getting getting to get know those guys and kind of understanding once once they they come into the well and they see that guys have success, they're going to call and they're going to continue to call. So we're blessed that Nyack has has had some eyes on it. We've had, we've sent some guys to some programs that they've had success. So people people continue to call about our guys. I'm not saying it's easy, but it, it's easier um, when the the track record has been there. Um, but yeah, there you know, college baseball is is a grind for players, but it's also a grind for coaches. You know, there's there's some long days and some long nights, and um, you know, I think I told you this on the phone earlier. I, I'm not working a day in my life because I love what I do. You know, I'm getting paid to to do something that that I love. So you know, talking baseball and and, and really diving into player development and recruiting, and then sending four years four year players on. Uh, you know, it, it's it's all a passion for me, so it, it's not work. Uh, it's something that, that I enjoy doing. Man, you can absolutely hear it in your voice, too. I mean, you are fired up. There's no doubt about it. I love everything that you're saying and, the, and just the way you're talking. I am sure that the players, and heck, the, the parents of the players, too, I can only imagine they really respond to you in, in a very positive manner. And you got a great way about you, and – I can just envision this program just to continue to be on the up and up here. I think it's exciting that you guys got a postseason win. You know, there was obviously a big drought that's in there. And, man, you got something to build on. Y'all started last year with a tough out-of-conference schedule, really took a lot of lumps, but you were able to hold the whole team together and really became stronger as the season went on. And, man, and just sitting here listening to how excited you are to get started for this year, I mean, you guys have absolutely got this thing going in the right direction, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Big time. So let's stay on uh, recruiting just a little bit. I I mentioned just a second ago, maybe you lean a little bit or have, you know, I don't know if you have or you haven't on the transfer portal, but recruiting has just changed tremendously here just over the last couple of years. You know, I mean, the transfer portal has obviously had a big impact. The rule change for this year with, the D1 contact period that, you know, kind of changing the date before they could uh, reach out to a a junior, you know, just kind of talk to us overall, you know, the impact maybe it's had on, on your recruiting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that the, 
the evolution of, of just kind of everything you just said uh, is definitely trickling down. Uh, you know, I, here at Nyack, we're not – I'm not saying that we're not going to take some transfers, but I'm really big on – you know, there was a, a log jam of, of all these NCAA schools and, and the high school kids were the ones that were really kind of taking the toll from that. Um, you know, so I kind of came into this saying, being a junior college, I want to make sure we go out and we find these high school kids. And that's not discriminating against the transfer portal kids. But, you know, these high school kids don't have a, an option to go transfer to another high school. You know, they have to go somewhere. So we try our best to go find those kids uh, that, that are maybe slipping through the cracks you know, uh, I think what's made us successful is, you know, we look for those kids that, hey, someone, a four-year said, hey, you're not big enough. You're not physical enough. Okay, well, that's something that we can, we can change. You know, we, we've seen some guys' bodies change um, in, the, in the time that they've been here of getting them in the weight room and eating. Um, so for us, I'm not afraid to go develop. I think that's what we hang our hat on is let's go get this high school kid that needs developed and let's go let him, um, you know, see his ceiling. Um, and, and get out there and, and then have a chance to go to the four-year level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, recruiting has definitely changed. I mean, just the time frame of, you know, it's, it's kind of weird not seeing these eighth graders commit anymore, um, you know, with, with that, that changing. Um, I think it's going to allow for us, you know, moving forward, we're going to see some really, really good players that are kind of left, in, you know, left kind of alone in the mix of, you know, they developed a little later still and um, – those are the guys that we're going to go get and we're going to develop. And I don't think it's going to change a ton for the quality of player for us. It's just going to, you know, the timetable, these, these juniors are, are waiting to commit because the, the, the four years are still actively recruiting those classes. Um, so that's what I've seen more than anything is just the timetable of when kids are committing, not necessarily the quality of, of the commits. Good stuff, man. And I think it is refreshing not to see eighth graders committing anymore, actually. I think it's probably a, a good thing. Nothing wrong with waiting just a little bit. And, and you know, I, you alluded to it with the transfer portal and kind of how it was such a logjam for the high school kids, you know, as they were graduating. I mean, you had, shoot, with the pandemic, too, you had six-year players. I mean, it was kind of crazy. But it seems like all of that is now starting to kind of weed itself out, you know. And so, you know, I think over, over the next couple of years, the transfer portal is still certainly going to be there. But I don't think you'll see the number of of prospects in the portal that you're seeing today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, Hey, let me, I would love to get your perspective with you being, you know, a coach at a two year school coach, four year school, thinking about your playing career as well. Just talk to us again, kind of with the, our core audience in mind, just what are some of the differences between a two year school and a four year school? Yeah. You know, I, I'm a little biased being at the junior college level. You know, I think, I think the junior college service to kids, um, you know, I, I think you alluded to it a little bit with like the sixth year guys, you know, for me, my selling point of a junior college is, Hey, why don't you come compete against 18 to 20 year olds as an 18 year old um, instead of competing against 24 year olds. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, your, your big time number Max Clark going, you know, if he would have gone to Vandy, I think he would have been fine. Right. But like, you know, the run of the mill 18 year old, you're competing against a man when you're a boy, um, you know. So I think that's that's a huge advantage is just the ability to go compete against kids that are that are your age that you know you're seeing every two years. You know, kids go in and out instead of you know if you go in as a freshman and um, there's a sophomore there, you might not play till your senior year. You know, those are th- those are realities that that could happen. Um, 
you know, another another thing that I, I really like about the junior college level is at the four-year level, you're, you have practice limitations, you know, and, and before you do a team practice, you only get eight hours a week um, to to do a, an individual, you know, type of practice with your coaching staff. You know, for, for us, you know, I, I did it at the four-year level, but I really like the idea that I don't have to count the hours and say, okay, hey, I have to be done coaching you now um, because your hour is up for the day. Um, you know, we can kind of we can kind of get things done with guys and we have the time to develop and to pour into these guys. So, you know, from that standpoint, we're not a baseball academy. We're not practicing for eight hours a day, but, you know, we can practice for two, two and a half hours um, and get guys where they need to get to and not feel like we're, we're punching a clock like, OK, hey, we have to stop today. Um, let's let's hit on it tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, I think the advantage of the junior college is just the time and investment that you're going to get from a coaching staff. And then on top of that, you're just you're competing against, you know, guys your own age instead of, you know, some some men with lots of testosterone flowing through them. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's a great rundown. Gosh, I got to tell you, Coach Merrill, man, I have really, really enjoyed this evening. I mean, I think that everything that you're talking about is just absolutely spot on. I, and I love just kind of thinking back over the conversation, how much credit you've really given to the coaches that coached you and, and that you were involved with and the mentors that they have become, you've developed some real, real relationships, you know, and I think that you're able to, to draw on their advice even today and, and to be able to reach back out to them. And, you know, as you alluded to, Hey, this is a plagiarism sport. I think that's awesome. And, you know, as a coach, you're, you're not ashamed to, uh, give someone else the credit, but take that idea and put it to use as well. This has been a really, really good night. I hope you've enjoyed it. I, I have. I, I seriously appreciate you having me on. And um, like I said, any chance I get to, to talk baseball with someone, I'm going to do it. You know, my wife, my wife only wants to talk so much baseball. So, you know, getting the chance to get on and talk <laughs> baseball with someone that's, that's truly interested in the conversation is always a, uh, is always a plus. Man, that's so cool. Thank you for those kind words. And let, let's kind of end it with one question here. And I think, uh, again, I'm always kind of thinking about our, our core audience. Man, if you had the opportunity to really give some advice to um, maybe freshmen, they're just freshmen in high school. They're really just kind of getting started with their prep career. And they're good. They're good baseball players. And they want to be good for as long as they can be. What, what kind of advice would you give them today that would really kind of help them along? Yeah, no, I mean, I think as uh, you know, things that I wish I would have gotten as a freshman in college or a freshman in high school is, you know, academics are very important. You know, I, I think really good baseball players at a young age think I can go get drafted and I can go do all these things and I don't have to do well in the classroom. Uh, I, I think that's first and foremost, the, the, the thing I would say is, hey, make sure you're getting good grades. Uh, baseball only gets 11.7 scholarships at the Division One level. How can you set yourself apart from the guy next to you uh, by being a good baseball player and a good student? And then if you want to add a trifecta, be a good human being. You know, who are you when the, the sweat dries up? You know, eventually your career is going to end, whether you want it to or not. Eventually it's going to end. Um, who, who are you going to be remembered by? Are you going to remember by as, as the, the shortstop that was really good but was a terrible guy? Or are you going to be remembered as the really good guy that was really good at baseball? Uh, that's the guy that people want to be around, you know, so from that standpoint, your career can end at any point in time. You know, I, I hate, I tell our guys this all the time, like a car accident, we were in a car all the time. All, a lot of time, it's not even our, you know, out, out, outside of our control. If something happens, 
how, how can we be the best version of ourselves if baseball was taken away? Um, if we can cherish our career and cherish the teammates and the experiences that we have every single day, um, the ride's going to be awesome. And then you look back and there's no regrets of, I wish I would have done this. It's, man, I was cherishing this every day. And um, when, when, when God says my career's over, I'm going to feel good about it knowing that I did everything that I was supposed to do. Man, that is some awesome advice right there from Coach Merrill. I got to tell you, man, anybody that was listening to that, there is no way you could argue against it. That's absolutely what it's all about. And what great advice for young kids really just getting started. You know, fantastic stuff right there, Coach. Man, thank you again for coming on. Absolutely appreciate it. Absolutely. Once again, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate what you do and you're doing for the sport and, and for the, you know, your core audience. I mean, any, any, any way I can help out and be a part of that, I'm, I'm all in. So thank you again for, for letting me be a part of this. Absolutely. I tell you what, I may be, I, I know that we're going to be able to stay in touch. I'd love to reach back out to you again and have you come back on. Cause I think you're going to inspire a bunch of people, man. For sure. Anytime, man, you let me know. And I'm, I'm, I'm all on, on board. That sounds good. I can't think of a better way to end it tonight. Hey, again, thank you everyone that joined and thank you, Coach Merrill. Thank you. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast.